Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today we have episode 66 where we'll be talking with Lizzie from Enchanted Chatter. And instead of doing a past guest spotlight, we wanted to highlight the fact that we were also part of Lizzie's podcast, The Enchanted Chatter, which you can find by looking up the Random Chatter Network um, on any of your podcast sites or by finding her at The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie on Instagram and using her link there. So we definitely love it if you checked us out on her podcast and gave her some love. Um, and listen to us there, as well as listening to her with us. Yeah, so that's great. We'll jump right into it. Um, Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us. First thing that we could do is if you could introduce yourself and tell a little bit about everything that you're involved in for our listeners who aren't as familiar with you. Okay, well, hi, guys. I'm Lizzie from The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie, and I live in Florida, Um I've lived here for, well, I grew up here, actually, but I have recently at, well, three years isn't recent, is it? Oh, goodness. I need to reevaluate my timeline. <laughs> Keeping like, I just moved back to Florida. No, I didn't. That was three years ago. Um, <laughs> I have lived here recently for three years and um, have gotten into the Disney community um, co- sort of accidentally. My uncle works for Disney. So when I when I moved home and started going again, I just was like, I'm just going to go for me. And then it sort of cracked open this whole world I didn't even know about, um, and which has led to changing my name from Nerd in the City to The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie to sort of capitalize on uh, the Disney connection, which has always been there for me, but it's definitely like coming back around in a new and different way. Um, I I have a brother uh, who lives in Tampa, and I have two a niece and a nephew that are his children. I have a nephew that lives about a block down from me. So I am an Aunt Lizzie and proud to be one. I have a lot of best friends, kids that call me Aunt Lizzie. So that's like my the loves of my life are, are my nieces and nephews. Um, and I, w- I studied fashion in school and at Florida State and then moved to New York to sort of pursue it and promptly uh, didn't do anything with my degree, but I am still paying for it like so many people are. <laughs> Um, and, and sort of like my work, my life took me on like a crazy, like, um, uh, path as life is tend to, as lives tend to do. And then I ended up back here and, and this is where I am now. So that's like the cliff notes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so fun. So you talk about, you know, you didn't really get into Disney until you kind of came back recently. So what is your Disney story and how has it evolved since then? So my Disney story is I definitely grew up with it as a kid. Um, my parents are nerds in the best way possible. And so I was definitely, uh, this was obviously prior to anything like Star Wars being purchased by Disney, but I was definitely raised on Star Wars. So the fact that it's owned by Disney is, is sort of kismet for me. Um, I was, I watched all the Marvel animated shows when I was a kid. So the fact that it is owned by Disney is kismet. But I also, we went, I think my first trip was when I was two. This is the story that is told around the the family table <laughs> that I don't remember because I was two. But um, my parents took me to Disney when I was two years old, and they took me on Snow White's Scary Adventure, which I don't think it was called that back then. It was just Snow White, you know, a Snow White ride. And they were like, oh, Snow White for a two-year-old. And apparently I screamed bloody murder the whole time. And I didn't. I didn't understand why until I went on it in California and it's terrifying. It's only the witch. (laughs) So I was like, you blame me for screaming on that ride. It's scary. (laughs) So that's like my earliest, um, not memory, but like, you know, imprinted memory. That's sort of like a thing, Mm -hmm. um, of Disney. And then I did a story for Valentine's day, um, about this 1989 Minnie and Mickey special, it was a Mickey Mouse Happy Valentine special followed by a totally mini special. And I had that thing on VHS and would watch it year after year after year to the point of memorization. I was watching it over Valentine's and just like I talked like mouths through the whole thing because I knew it every word. Um, so I was always like Disney was just always peripherally a part of my life. Um, my best friend and I in the fifth grade had would have a bet going on the weekends to see who could watch Lion King the most? <laughs> and then 
when we would come back to school on Monday during lunchtime, we would both recite it together and like, you know, who, who had seen it more. So that was like our, what kind of a bed is that? It's so funny. <laughs> it's a little strange. Um, but yeah, so like, it's always sort of been a part of my life, but I never thought about, um, the community, the broader community that could bring people together like that. It was just always something that meant so much to me. And it wasn't, it wasn't really cool to be a, like a Disney fan or a Star Wars fan when I was a kid. So I wasn't like, hey, everybody, my love for Disney runs deep. So mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't make friends through the, through like my love of Disney. So it never occurred to me that like there was a whole community of people who would love it as much as I did. So when I started going as an adult and my uncle had tickets and he was like, whenever you want to go. And I was like, cool. How, how's every month? How's that work <laughs> for you? And he was like, sure. And so I started going. And then I just, I started meeting people. We met up in the parks. Like, you know, I met you guys at the DVC event. And it's just like, it spiraled into an amazing place where such great friendships have been born that I just never could have foreseen that from like all from a mouse, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like my deep, 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 deep love of Disney. And now I take my nieces and nephews and they're only three. My, my one niece and my one nephew, their best friends are cousins. And, um, my nephew Anders has been 11 times and he's only three. Wow. My niece, my niece Lucy's been four times and she's only three. She lives a little farther away in Tampa. So it's a little harder to logistically just sweep her up and take her to the park. But hearing them talk about it, they'll be like, Aunt Lizzie, are we going to Disney today? And I'm like, if we could go every day, we would. <laughs> and their parents will report back how often they talk about Disney. And if they see Disney products, they freak out. And I'm like, that's all from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm raising the next generation of Disney lovers I- inadvertently. <laughs> I love that. There's so much to dissect there and so much that I'm interested in. First of all, I feel like every kid has like one movie or something that they get latched onto and they want to watch it every single day yeah i don't even know yours Catherine. do you have one of those it was probably lion king Ooh, i love lion king mine was like random it was some i don't even know if it was disney because i've never researched it again it was some shoddy live action version of the jungle book and i just loved <laughs> seeing the <Ooh>. animals <laughs> that's awesome but we I are, think you need to hear more about that. I'll, I'll try to research it and, and send it out. I would I'd probably ruin it if I went back and watched it now. But I just yeah, remember. some things don't stand the test of time, <laughs> yeah. sadly. And I also uh, one watch was, one that was a huge hit for me when I was a kid was uh, Swiss Family Robinson, the live action Swiss Family Robinson. Mm. Um, my brother and I were obsessed with it. So the fact that they have the tree uh, in Magic Kingdom, it's still one of I love going in that tree just because that movie meant like really had an impact on me when I was a kid. I wanted to like get shipwrecked on an island with my family because who wouldn't want that? Mm-hmm. I had a hot then, take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I had a hot take on Instagram at some point in the past. And I said, the Tarzan Treehouse is so much better than the ah. Swiss family. <laughs> would you would you contend with that? Or I would say I didn't do the, the Tarzan one when I was out in California. Um, but I think the tar I think Tarzan as a treehouse makes more sense than Swiss Family Robinson. The way that Guardians break out probably makes more sense than Twilight Zone because things you know, the update of things makes sense to me from a pop culture perspective. So mm-hmm. uh I, I can get behind it. Um and even if they changed ours, I'm I will say I don't know if this is a popular it's probably a very unpopular opinion, but I am not married to anything so deeply that I couldn't love the new thing that comes along. You know what I mean? Because I think Disney does a really good job at creating things. So if they want to get rid of something, even, okay, the, I have to tell you the great America, the great American movie ride was a deep cut for me. Cause that is, that was one of my favorite rides. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that I was like, yeah, but what they're going to bring in is probably going to be really awesome. So um, as much as I love the Swiss family Treehouse, I was like, Tarzan makes sense. It's it's newer. And how many people have seen Swiss Family Robinson, the live action movie? Uh, seven. Yeah. And I know them all. They're in my family. Yeah. Like, no. for sure. I completely agree with that. Until they lead me wrong on a renovation or an update, I'll trust them. I guess the one that stands out would be like taking Dreamfinder away. Surely now they even realize that was the biggest mistake for Figment. But that's a whole different episode that we could jump into. 
<laughs> See, and I don't have like really great memories of the parks when I was a kid. Um, so a lot of the stuff that was there up until uh, probably late college for me, I don't have memory or or like I'm not like, oh, that thing other and other than like I really liked when the hat was in Hollywood Studios. But I thought that was when I was little and it was definitely when I was older. So I don't have a really good uh, memory as far as like when things happened. I just like put them in a I don't know, in the time capsule of my brain and they come out whenever I think they happen. So yeah, that makes sense. I'm really bad about that. But I do remember in the in the fifth grade, uh, my my school, because we would do school trips to Disney all the time. That's another thing. Perk of living in Florida is we'd go to Epcot like really frequently for school trips because that's the educational park, of course. Mm -hmm. But we did a mural, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist anymore. But we did like this floral mural where our class got to go paint one of the walls at Epcot back in the day. And so like there's random random connections like that from living in Florida to Disney as well that like are just peripherally in there too. So it's kind of wow. funny. That's really cool. Yeah, what a what a cool field trip. I we never went to anything cool like that. Well we also don't live in Florida, so <laughs> Well like the Hermitage is like a prime example. It's President Andrew Jackson's home is like five miles away from where we live. I've never been there in my entire life. Why didn't they take us on a field trip there? Well, I've been there. So I don't know what you were doing, but I've been there. <laughs> on a school field trip? Yeah. Oh. I guess. Well, then we... why'd your school fail you, Brenda? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question for our school system, <laughs> Yes, we need to ask the school system. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's wonderful. And I, I love hearing that story. Um, and that's a unique story of how kind of you stumbled into being part of the larger Disney community. Um, and that's a great connection. So one of the most recent things that you've been working on is you've delved into this crazy world of podcasting. <laughs> yes, so, I have. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how Enchanted Chatter kind of came to be and what kind of things that you like to talk about over there? Sure. Um, so I actually met one of the people over at the network that I'm on, which is Random Chatter is the whole network, um, which is where Enchanted Chatter comes from. And we met on Twitter. His name is Tim. We met on Twitter uh, probably six or seven years ago when I was living in New York. And we just became friends. He just was a big fan of everything that I did and was really supportive. And um, he and the creator of the network um, came to Florida when like after I had moved home. And so it was probably, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the first year I moved home. So about three and a half, three years ago. And they were coming through town for something. And Tim was like, hey, like, let's meet after all these years, let's meet up. And Eric will be here. And I think you'd be great at podcasting. And I want you to meet him. So the, I was super nervous about it, because I had never really met anyone from online before. Mm -hmm. And it was like the first time I'd like brought the Twitter or Instagram verse to like my real life. And I was, and my family was like, don't go meet them alone, meet them in a public place. I was like, I'm not stupid. I've gone on blind dates. We're fine. Like, don't worry. I'm not going to go meet them in the woods. We're fine. <laughs> so we went to a place called Cloak and Blaster, which is this awesome, nerdy pub here in Orlando that if you're ever around, you should come to. But, um, and we ended up talking and hanging out and like having drinks for like four and a half hours and just like talking about nerdy stuff and just, and just hitting it off and just having a really great time. And Eric was like, you should be on the network as a podcast host. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, so I started on their flagship podcast, which is called Random Chatter. And it's just basically entertainment news. Um, Eric used to be on it, but he stepped down as host of that. And so it's my friend Tim and my friend Lou. And the three of us just talk every Sunday night about like whatever pop culture news comes along. And then um, it's it spiraled because there was like a split in the network. So a lot of people left and there was a very small group of us that were left. And um, I was on like all of a sudden I found myself on four podcasts. And I was like, <laughs> how, how did this happen? <laughs> I was on... Uh, we started one called uh, Movie Rampage, so peripherally on occasionally, and then one called Guardians of the MCU, which is basically all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And um, I just found myself like fully entrenched in this amazing podcasting community that I I just didn't even I didn't even know what to expect or that it existed. 
Um, and it just opened a door for me. And, and so, uh, the end of last year, I decided to start my own. I realized I had these two communities, this podcast community and this Disney community. And I thought like, there has to be a way that I can broaden both of them, like introduce the Disney community to the podcast people and introduce the podcasters to what I have going on at Disney and sort of, I'm, I'm what I like to call a bubble popper. So everybody has like their bubbles. So though you'll have your work friends and your home friends and your church friends and your family. And I'm somebody who's like here, family, meet my home, my church friends, church friends, meet my New York (laughs) friends, New York friends, my podcast friends. And I like to pop everyone's bubbles and make everybody be friends. So that's just like, I'm like the party planner. I'm the like, you know, I like to have like a, a party and introduce everybody. That's just, that's just me. That's my personality. So, um, that was sort of my idea behind Enchanted Chatter because I realized I, people would ask me like advice about going to the parks and like, um, I was meeting more people and it just, it just seemed like a good step for me to take to broaden my own horizons as far as like reaching outside of the people I already knew, like you guys, like we didn't, you know, we had started talking about this before we physically met, but um, that's the beauty of the podcasting world is that you don't have to meet in person to find commonality. And that's what I love about Instagram too. So I've been on a guest on a bunch of other networks as well. Um, and it's really just sort of been an amazing thing. To, and I consider it number one, a place to meet friends and number two, a place to, um, learn more about people and businesses and adventures and whatever. So for me, it's always friends first. That's just, that's just my motto. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so and that's, I, that's how it happened. And I love that you kind of found all of this just like through Instagram, because I think we definitely have very similar stories and similar connections and you know we've gotten to know you and then I feel like between us and you we know a lot of the same people which is kind of fun it Um, is fun yeah we were listening to your podcast the other day when you were talking about um you interviewed Sarah and Jeff from Adults in Disney Mm -hmm. and it was funny because I think they said you were their first like Instagram person that they met in real life and Sarah and Jeff were our first people to meet from Instagram in real life. That's so funny. I love that. So we're like, what a small world. It is a very small world. That is like the best thing ever. That's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) And we were so nervous to go meet him for the first time. But like you said, after that, you've kind of realized that you have all these different things in common. And it's like, we haven't been able to talk this much of Disney with anybody like any of people in our friend group. So that, like you said, the bubbles, it's a very real thing. Yeah, it is. It but, is. But we are not bubble poppers. <laughs> that gives us like anxiety. <laughs> your bubble, your bubble keepers. That's okay. Everybody needs to have like what they need to have. And I try not, I have a really hard time not like making other people pop their bubbles and be like, why don't you bring all of those people? And they're like, no, I, they don't know. And I'm like, all right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> I feel I'll like, just keep popping my bubbles. <laughs> I, I feel like we've gotten better in age, but it was definitely like in college. It was like, all right, don't let our high school friends and our college friends meet. Yeah. Or it's like, even now, like being married though, it's like my parents and your parents in the same room is kind of just like, what? Because <laughs> they, they view us differently. And I feel like they know like different versions of us. I don't yeah, know. it is. But that is like, I think something that um, I wasn't like that when I was. So there's another little piece of Lizzie's history is I grew up. My name is Elizabeth and my parents called me Beth. And when I moved to New York, I switched it to Lizzie because I just I never really felt like I was a Beth. It didn't fit for me, even though that's just what I had always known. And then when I moved to New York and changed it to Lizzie, I felt like uh, I'd found like a piece of myself. And so when I came home after that, it was really, really hard to sort of meld these two worlds of like this smaller town existence, country person of Beth and this city girl, Lizzie, that I had felt like I was becoming. Um, and I felt very uh, aware of the different two huge bubbles of my life, the Florida bubble and the New York bubble. And I was like, I either continue through my life having these two separate existences, or I just say like, everybody get used to it. Here's what's going, this is happening. Like, let's throw it all in like a salad. It's, you know, it's all in there. And so that was like, I think for me, um, the first step 
to becoming a lot more aware of who I wanted to be and not being ashamed of, or not, not necessarily ashamed, but just like confused by, or, or just letting that take over who I was going to be in the future, because it was just very, two very, I was raised in the church when I was a kid. And I mean, I'm still raised in the church, but you know, like I was raised in a more conservative background and, and New York isn't that, you know? And so it was very much like I can either be two people or I'm just, everyone's just going to have to get used to this one person that's Elizabeth and it means I am Beth and I am Lizzie and I'm whoever else comes along, you know, whatever. Um, but it, at first it definitely felt like two personalities. I was like, I need to meld the two. <laughs> um, so then I was, I think that's when I sort of became a bubble popper of like, whatever, everyone's going to know everyone and I'm fine with that. And you can tell your stories and you can learn more about me that way. You guys go talk. <laughs> so, well, I think that's so great. And it kind of brings us to something that just draws us personally to your pages and your podcast is that you are just so confident and it's very refreshing in everything that you do because you definitely share a lot and you're very open. So like, how did you, you know, come to this place where you have so much confidence and you have this great presence on social media? Oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you. Um, well, I think it was really New York um, because that was the first time that I I went to therapy. I went. I, I met different cultures, and you're forced into perspective of different people than in you know little rural towns in Florida, which is where I grew up. My father was a pastor, and we moved around when I was a kid to these little bumpkin towns. And when you're in such a small, isolated place, you're able to be, be whatever fits into that. Um, you the space you're allowed to take up is very small in those towns. And I didn't take up a lot of space at all. I was very quiet. I was, I phoned in a lot of my high school years. Um, I was a very bad student. I was a D student. Um, I quit band junior. Year. I was in marching band, which I loved. I quit it junior year because my friends stopped. Like if people met that me now, they'd be like, who is that? That's not Lizzie. And so it's just interesting to like, look back over the scope of my life and see how I really believe New York forced me to, to like realize who I was or who I wanted to be. And the parts of myself that I, that I wasn't proud of, you either change them, uh, you know, or you're like, okay, this is, I'm going to accept that this is who I am. And I couldn't, and I had to change it. So I think I really attribute New York a lot to um, doing that. Cause even in college, like I was a much better student in college and I wanted to, it's funny cause I love learning. I teach myself things all the time. I'm constantly um, Googling things or reading books or whatever. And it's so funny to look back and be like, I, my, one of my favorite authors is Jane Austen. And in high school, I refused to read Pride and Prejudice. Like that, what, what? That's <laughs> like, so unheard of for me. Like I can, I've seen every adaptation of Jane Austen's books and I, you know, own multiple copies of her novels. And I have my, my friend for Christmas just got me a tattoo set of Jane Austen tattoos. That's how much I love Jane Austen. <laughs> um, so, so to look back on those things that I was just didn't, I didn't take the time to care about. I think I decided that if I was going to put anything into it, I was going to take the time to know more about it. And first and foremost, myself. So, um, that is also, I mean, it's a very long process because, uh, that's my interaction with guys in a dating scenario. So I did a web series about dating. It was a 40 episode YouTube series about my dating experiences in New York called, so this happened. <laughs> um, where every episode started with, so this happened. <laughs> and, um, I basically tried to take a lot of painful experiences and find humor and find context and find like forgiveness for myself in them because I had, I, you know, like in dating scenarios, there's always a, a lot of emotions. Um, and so that was, I think a big step towards me um, really delving deeper into who I was and, and peeling back a lot of confidence. Um, I also always, I was just doing, um, I'm working on a little new project, a, e a newsletter, but it's going to be like a video newsletter with like little, like mini Ted talkie blurbs about things that I'm just thinking of, like my thought of the day. Mm -hmm. So I was working on one topic and it's just like about taking up space. 
And I felt like I always took too much up, up too much space when I was younger. Uh, I have really big curly hair. I'm a taller person. I'm not a size two and I'm really loud. So as far as the world is concerned, that is taking up a lot of space. And a lot of people would say too much. And when I, when I moved to New York or I don't know, maybe a little bit when I've, since I've moved home too, because I've had to, again, collate two lives, a New York existence and a, and a new Florida existence. I just decided like, I don't care about what anyone else thinks about the space I take up. I have to be okay with taking up space. And sometimes if it means I am taking up too much space, I need to be self-aware enough to pull back a little bit and allow other people to take up space too. Especially people who are a little more introverted or don't necessarily um, or have a harder time with that. Like if I'm taking up so much space, another person won't, won't even have an opportunity. So it's just been a lot of like journaling and blogging. Blogging was a huge thing to help me. I started Nerd in the City, which was also about dating back in the day because it was like sex in the city, but for nerds. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and um, that really helped me start to like writing. And I never thought of myself as a writer, but that sort of helped me start to um, just process a lot of things. So that's, I think, a lot of where my confidence comes from is really like understanding myself first and not in a selfish way, like I come first and nothing else matters because that's like the dangerous level of too much self-discovery. Like you have to have a balance with the people that are in your lives. But if I don't know myself first, why would anybody else want to get to know me? And like, you know, what am I putting out there if I don't know who I am? So that's sort of where it comes from. Um, and I have always been somebody who's taken chances with fashion because I was uh, a ma fashion major in, in school. And I've always just worn whatever I, I wanted. And that has helped too. But fashion is an expression of my art and expression of my personality. So it's only just gotten more demonstrative over the years. So if anyone thought it was going to calm down, they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, yeah, I, I think that is such a valuable lesson, especially for our listeners in an, any kind of online presence of kind of coming to that self-realization of, of being having self-confidence, coming and being self-aware with yourself, uh, you know, and, and owning what you're proud of and, and owning, you know, everything about yourself, because I've shared it a little bit on the podcast and a little bit on Instagram about that, like shifting into this Disney community has been way different than I ever expected. Like beforehand, it's like, all right, I was in a fraternity in college. Would I have ever have told those people that I was, you know, watching a Disney movie at night? Probably not. And now shifting into this community where it's like Disney 24-7 is a little bit overwhelming, but it's also helped me to realize, you know, this is a part of me that is okay to share with people. And people, even if they don't understand it, at least a lot of times will respect it. So, so I think that's great for anybody kind of going through that journey because I think there's so many people in the Disney community who are using it as a way to express their love for Disney as an outlet for somewhere that they can't get it elsewhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's, I think it's also, a, it's a, it's a rabbit hole for people who are struggling. Uh, Instagram is because of the culture of, you know, media, uh, what is it? Um, keeping up with the Robinses or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, I was talking, I was talking to my friend the other day about this and Instagram gets a bad rap because, um, Oh, don't spend too much time on your phone. And, people have fake lives on there. But I think that like, if you're feeling insecure about something in real life, it's going to be amplified on Instagram. So there's a chance that if you're jealous of that girl's body on Instagram, you're jealous of the neighbor's house three doors down because they have what you don't have. So I think Instagram only amplifies what's going on with you personally. And for me, it has become an outlet for me to amplify my personality because I, I don't worry about what someone else is doing finally after a very long time. And that's, that's not always the case, but it's the majority of the case. So Instagram doesn't play on that insecurity for me. It is an ex a place for expression and friendship for me. And that's what I keep. I want to like always push home for other people who are like, why are you on this thing? Like, it's really bad for you. And I'm like, well, I don't bring negativity to it. So I don't feel like it's giving me any back. Um, not that you you get what you bring, but like I think that it does sort of amplify 
things that are going on already in your life. And if you don't sit down and sort of like analyze where you're at in your headspace, then like it's going to eat you up because it is all about a moment and not the whole story. If people are just showing you like the magazine of their lives and not delving deeper, which is fair enough because who doesn't love a good magazine? That's fine too. Um, but it, it has been for me an, an amazing way to just like deeper express, uh, thoughts about being single in 36 when I definitely didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think I wouldn't be married by now. I didn't think I wouldn't have kids. I didn't think I would have moved home to Florida. Um, there's just so many things that I just didn't think would happen. And, putting it out there and finding people who are like, I'm 36 and single, or I'm in a place I didn't think I was going to be in, or I struggle with my body weight or whatever. It's like, we're all in this like game together here. And if we can't find that commonality, then our differences will eat us up, you know? So that's, that's been helpful for me. For sure. And I've shared it once on the podcast before, and I think it bears worth repeating again, is that like when we first decided that Instagram was going to be the thing that we put most of our time and effort into to try to spread the word about the podcast, of course, we try to do as much research as possible because that's just the type of people that we are. Like (laughs) any, any kind of resources that we could find, we'd read it. And we read something that was talking about, all right, so if you're a Disney account, don't share any of your personal stuff. And even when I read that the first time, I was like, there's no way that can be true. But we kind of towed that line when we first started of, all right, well, we're all business. We're all business. We're just sharing pictures from our trips. We're not going to share anything else about ourselves. But then we kind of experimented with it and realized that that's what people latch on to. They want to hear about our funny stories from the parks or how Disney has helped us in this different way in our lives. So I think... Yeah, I I couldn't agree more that authenticity is in. <laughs> like it, it is. It is the name of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been to a lot of like blog conferences and they're always like pick one thing and be good at that one thing and don't try uh, anything else till you're an expert in that one thing and that never resonated with me because I am I love fashion and I sing and I write and I create and I do so many things that I always felt hindered to share all of those aspects of my personality. I was like, well, then I just, I guess I'm just a nerd. Like that's all I am. I have to just be nerdy about things. And that's like my lane. So don't talk about football season when the Seminoles are playing. I'm a big Seminole fan. I went to Florida state. So don't talk about that. Don't talk about Jane Austen. Cause no one cares about that. Don't talk about um, fashion because that doesn't fit in the nerdy thing. Definitely don't talk about fitness because fitness and nerds don't go together. And so <laughs> I I really really struggled because I had I was attending all these conferences. They were all saying the same thing. It's, it's like the same as as you were feeling. It's like be business, don't cross pollinate with your personal life. And like I was like that just doesn't resonate with me at all. And I find so much more when I actually just like lay it out there and say like the thing that's on my mind. I get so much more response and camaraderie and people being like yes <laughs> than than when I'm like you know, try to stay in a lane and like toe the line or do what someone else is doing. I, I've had a hard time because in fashion, like the Disney fashion community is, is so specific and I, I am a thrifter and it feels like I don't fit in that lane. But when I really examine like what I want to be in this community, I feel so much better for putting it out there than having tried to, to keep up with other people. Um, and everybody has to get to that point. I think we all, I think every single person will try to do what they see until they do what they feel, you know, until they get to the point where they have to do what they feel. And so so we we all just have to get there. And I think the more like grace we can give each other and to say like, just try things like that. Nobody, nobody knows what they're doing here. (laughs) I fully (laughs) believe that. And one day I want to write a book that's called Making It. And then you turn the page and it says up as I go along. Like (laughs) that's my book. And everyone is making things up. They're all of the old standards are we're learning new things about them. Anything that you thought was the rule is not a rule. It's a suggestion it, other than maybe traffic lights. <laughs> like, those, are good. those are fine. And laws don't murder. Fine. That's a great one. But I mean, I think all of these I went. So I went to this blog conference last year and this one woman who wrote the book called The Hate You Give. 
she pitched her book to a publisher on Twitter and he accepted the offer and gave her a book offer and then it got turned into a movie. Now, if you talk to anybody in the publishing industry, that's not how you get a book published, much less a, a movie. But she believed so deeply in her book that she was just willing to put it out there until it found a home and it did because she believed in it and she didn't follow the freaking rules. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm just feeling more and more that like, there, there are so many opportunities right now in our time period. And if we get bogged down with like the should haves and the what we should do or supposed to do, then we're going to lose it. We're going to miss those chances. So like that's coming upon I'm my job is ending at the end of this month um, at the church I work for. And so I'm very, very aware of that as a path for myself. So if anybody else finds encouragement or needs to hear that, I hope you take it because you there's so many opportunities out there right now. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, just keep preaching. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everything that you are saying is so applicable. This is a TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, this is a that? TED Talk. This is Thank a you to my Liz Talk. Thank you for coming to my Liz Talk. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we'd like to introduce our new sponsor, Ted. <laughs> Ted, Ted, from TED Talk. <laughs> no, I, 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 I love that. And I think – so. You're friends with Serena, and we had Serena on our podcast as well, and she shared similar things about that. Like, even she, who has this ultra-successful Instagram, is still in that same lane. Like, we're all figuring it out. Nobody knows the key to this. You know, it's all about being authentic and just sharing things that you're interested in. So I, I love that. Yeah, she and I have spent a lot of time in the parks just talking about that because I just think a lot of people are struggling through it. And the more we think of people as having found some success rather than setting the rule, mm -hmm. you know, like I have a lot of friends who have like these crazy followings and they're not the rule. They're an example of success, which means if you can find the way to turn that into something for you, you could equally have that. You just have to be your most authentic self. The the people that I know that reach that goal are, don't do it from being fake, you yeah. know, and and even if you do, you don't find the friends through that, that Serena's finding or that, you know, that you guys are finding that I'm finding that Sarah and Jeff are finding just from being yourself. Like no one wants to meet somebody who's putting on a smile and trying to like be the Disney poster child when that's not really how you're feeling, yeah. you know? It would be so disappointing to meet someone and be like, oh, you don't like Disney? Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> and that's definitely not what you look like when you walk through the park either. No one looks like a Disney poster child. <laughs> no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, I love that. I think those, like we said, those are wonderful thoughts. And I think, like Catherine said, it's so applicable to anybody who's trying to kind of get their footing and get their online presence. Um, I think that that's definitely thoughts and things that everybody can adopt and apply to their own stuff do you like star wars how about marvel how about disney if you answered yes to any of these we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast kingdom malcast we're just three guys chatting about news topics and events in the disney universe find us on itunes spotify stitcher or your favorite podcast app The next thing that we'll jump into is our fast pass round. So we'll just kind of throw out these Disney topics. You just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. All right. Hit me. So <laughs> first one's easy. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. Oh, okay. Well, all, all four in Orlando. I uh, In June, I went to Disneyland, California. So I did both the parks there. And then in uh, last January, 2018, I took myself to Paris for my 35th birthday and I went to Disneyland Paris and did both parks out there. Mm -hmm. oh, so out of all of those, which one is your favorite and why? Oh, Sophie's choice. Oh <laughs> no. Um, I would have to say Hollywood studios always has had a soft spot for me and it's hard to choose any of the Disneyland's cause I only have been to all of those Disneyland parks once, uh, mm -hmm. Paris and California. So my my barometer for a favorite is how often I I want to go to it or how often I encounter it. Like that's why Star Wars is my favorite because I can watch it continuously. Um, so I would say Hollywood Studios. I 
I want to say because of the vibe that I felt there when I was younger and I just still feel it when I walk in. So many people are like, but it's not the same and it isn't, but I still feel that when I go, like it's smaller, I can walk around it. I get a drink and I sit by the dinosaur or like I go to Indiana Jones. I love that thing. I know it's going to change so much when Star Wars land comes, <laughs> <laughs> which Definitely I'm excited about. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to, it's going to change my Hollywood studios vibe up. Um, but that park just, it has my heart. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I love that answer because Hollywood studios was always my favorite when I was growing up too. And like you said, the park is so different now, but I, when you said that I had never even thought about it before. My two favorite areas of Hollywood studios are one, like you said, over near Gertie and near mm-hmm. like fifties primetime diner. And the other yep. is the Muppets courtyard. And I think yep. it's because those are the two areas that like give me the exact same feeling as when I was a kid. Yeah, there's something to be said about those like those latent childhood memories that you might not even realize why they're there, but but they but that park like I still sometimes call it MGM just because that's what it is to me, <laughs> and they, I that will that park will always be my favorite. If they could just bring back the Miss Piggy fountain and the Muppet balloon, I would I would be content. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so next question, you already took yourself to Paris. So what is the next Disney bucket list trip for you? Oof. Um, I really, really, really want to get to Tokyo. Um, uh, so many of my friends have gone or are going. Um, Dana and Philip from Aloha Ears went, I think, about a year ago. Um, Sarah and Jeff went. And then now um, my friends Alicia and Trevor, Miss Alicia M and Creatures in the Park. Mm. They live in California. They're going in April. And I am dying to go. It looks so much fun and like so different from what we know, but also still just that Disney magic. So like that is definitely next up on my list. Agreed. Correct answer. (laughs) Correct answer. We all are agreed. (laughs) So the next one would be your favorite Disney resort. Okay. Here's the thing about the resorts. I have not really explored them at all because it's so out because I live here, I I don't stay in them very often. So I have been inside most of them, but I've never stayed in them. So I will go, I'll base it on what I have done in the resort. So I have been to the Wilderness Lodge because I did the um, Artist Point breakfast or dinner with Snow White, the Enchanted Breakfast, not breakfast, Enchanted Dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been to the high tea at the Grand Floridian. And then I've like walked the grounds of... Polynesian and I did yoga at the beach, um, which was cool. They do it outside on the beach and in nice weather, but we did it inside. So I have to go back out there on a nice day and do it outside. But, um, I would say just probably I would, I would say from what I've been the Grand Floridian, just because the, the experience I had there was so much fun, but I think I'm going to be a, like a, pop century girl if I ever make it there or art of animation because those are more my personality but I just have never been so I need to up my resort game guys I'm (laughs) lagging art of animation has the most underrated food court out of anywhere I would say I agree oh okay no food (laughs) I need to do just like a just a like resort crawl and eat all the things there. Cause I just always pass them by. I'm like park minded. And then I forget that like, there's this whole other resort world. So I'm, that's one of the things I'd like to focus on this year is like exploring resorts. So let's say TBD. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you on it. Yes. We'll do We'll have a redo. <laughs> <laughs> so next one would be if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? <gasps> oh no. Um, oof. Um, blah, 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 blah. let's see. I didn't, my two favorite are Big Thunder and Tower of Terror. So can I split it between two? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take two. We'll allow it. Those are my two favorites. But I will say, um, my favorite one in Paris was Crush's Coaster. It was mm. super smooth and really fun. And like, I didn't expect it. And it was awesome. So I loved that one a lot too. But I would say Big Thunder and Tower of Terror. Those are always ones I have to go on no matter what. And Crushes is supposed to be somewhat similar to Guardians, right? Have you seen that? I did see that. It's also like um, Primeval World, they say. It's like similar oh. in feeling to Primeval World, the way that it like turns to the side. But Crushes Coaster is so much smoother. So it was awesome. And I have a suspicion 
that the Star Wars ones are going to knock everything out of the park, as well as the Tron ride. I'm very excited about that. Oh, yeah. Lots of great things. Mm -hmm. So many things. So kind of on the opposite end of the ride spectrum, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment? Um, I actually think I'm surprised that they didn't haven't refurbished or brought Guardians Breakout to Tower of Terror because it's so good. And I did not expect it to be so amazing when I went to California. I was like, yeah, 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 Tower of Terror is better. And then I went on it and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> well, we need this ride. Yeah. And I know we're having Guardians in Epcot and that's, we're not, you know, we're already going to have Guardians over here, but I, I kind of know, I'm not going to lie. I'm totally fine with them bringing Guardians Breakout over here. It would be tough for me to swallow that, but I agree. I do think I enjoyed Guardians more. You liked the music. The music just like made, made it. It did. It's more fun. And I... I'm, I don't like horror. I don't like scary stuff. So as much as I love Tower of Terror, it's so not my vibe as far as like the creepiness of it. it that's just not me. So I like that it's there because there's not. That scarier vibe. So it's nice to have that because my one, my friend Alicia is like loves horror. So those are the ones that she loves because they have that vibe. But I'm way more like 80s playlist with the with the thing so like that that is way more my vibe so if they brought that over here I'm not, i would not be sad yeah even as much as i love tower of terror i would be interested now that they're have a new twilight zone show coming out that jordan peele is doing if yes. they'll ever like work that into tower of terror if it stays i wondered the same thing because people it would update it for people and nobody yeah. knows rod sterling like just they don't it's yeah. sorry they don't I guess we'll have to see how successful that show is. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I assume Fair. there would be some licensing issues since that's on CBS too, but mm, who knows? Probably. They'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So next one, probably our favorite question of the round, your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Oh, so it's definitely popcorn. Um, uh, and I, it's only been cemented by the fact that uh, my niece and nephew both get popcorn every time they come. And I'm always like, yay, then I'm going to eat some <laughs> because if they got, I like Mickey pretzels too, but it's, it's gotta be popcorn. I just like, I'll bring my bucket and just get like refills throughout the day. And it makes me so happy. And I just sit and watch fireworks with my popcorn bucket. Now I have two popcorn buckets because I'm a sucker and had to buy the Sully one, even though I already had a popcorn bucket. <laughs> my, my, my niece was like, can we get that one? And I was like, yep. Of course we can. We're getting it. Because <laughs> how can you say no? I could not, and I didn't, and I have two now. <laughs> we need to switch and, it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that just cemented my love of, of Disney popcorn. So. <laughs> we need to switch over to popcorn buckets because we're a sucker for those sippers. And I remember oh. for during that frozen summer fun, we got the Olaf one and the girl, like she had memorized it for yeah. sure. The cast member, she handed it to us. She's like, just so you know, this isn't certified to hold any sort of liquid. Yeah. It's not actually a cup. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it'll leak through all the cracks. And we were like, great. <laughs> so we bought an cool. $18 piece of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's I have the group sipper, which which will hold beverages, but I've never taken it to get beverages. Yeah. And then I got the Mickey's um, 90th birthday sipper at when they had it at Magic, um, mm -hmm. which also is not recommended to put beverages in. And I was like, <laughs> partly went. because you don't want to clean that thing; it goes down into his feet, and there's oh, no brush yeah. that would like get the crevices of Mickey's feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I've never used them as actual sippers. So the popcorn bucket's way more applicable in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So sticking with the food trend, what is your favorite table service restaurant and your favorite quick service restaurant? So my favorite, my favorite food of all on Disney property is Satu Lee in Animal Kingdom, the Pandora restaurant. Yes. I and that was that's quick service, but it is the best one. It that those like Satu Lee bowls are like next level and the sustainability of the restaurant itself um with the real silverware and the you know just the mentality of the pandora mentality of trying to save the planet it so speaks to what like a lot of the mission that i have in life of trying to like lessen my footprint and recycle and reuse um so satuli is definitely my favorite of all mm -hmm. um now i also did 
Um, which one did I do? I did the garden grill one. Is that the, which is the one in, in Epcot that spins? Yep. Garden grill. Isn't that garden grill. Yeah. Yeah. I did that one this year or last year and it was really, really good. So I haven't, I actually haven't done a lot of the sit down stuff. Um, just because again, like I'm always on the go and I forget about that, but I have done the Bon Voyage breakfast at the boardwalk with my niece. I took her cause she loves Rapunzel and, and Ariel and now Flynn, she was like flirting with him and she's three. I was like, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> What's happening? Um, but that was really good. And then the artist point one was really good. So I've been trying to broaden my horizons with that, but I would say the garden girl one, just cause that was like really a unique experience with Chip and Dale and Mickey farmer, Mickey coming around and really, really good food. Yeah. And they all grow it like the vegetables, they grow it there, right? Exactly. So along the lines of like, you know, sustainability and, and create making your own food. So I just, I think that definitely Satuli above anything else. Cause that one is like always, if I'm in animal kingdom, I'm eating there the end. Don't try to take me anywhere else. <laughs> it's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So next one would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. Oh no. Okay. Um, I would probably say dopey at the artist point restaurant because Serena got video of it and it was like a two year old meeting their hero. <laughs> I like when he was like right behind me, I like pretty sure I squeaked because I was so excited. Jeannie, Jeannie and dopey are my two favorite characters. Like dopey was my favorite when I was a kid and Jeannie is my favorite as an adult. Um, so definitely dopey. And then second would probably be Sully. I mean, Sully and Mike together mm. because Monsters Inc. is my favorite Pixar and Mike, Mike Wazowski is my favorite um, Pixar character. So those two were really, really big. And I, Serena was there for both of them. And I just basically was like squeaking like a two-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> like just bouncing. She was like, oh, my gosh, I have to film you because this is amazing. <laughs> I think that's the way you were the first time we met Doug. Oh, you for lost sure. Every, and every time since then. That's why I have to go meet Kevin. You yeah. have to meet Kevin. I have it's, to it's meet only him. Right. <laughs> her. Her. I always say that's him. Her. That's right. Ah. I'm so sorry. I always do that. I was thinking of Kevin Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should be right now. It's true. It's true. By the time this episode airs, the Jonas like nobody will even care about the Jonas Brothers even anymore. It's true. It's It'll gonna air in like flip. a week, Brendan. They will be so relevant. <laughs> exactly. Nobody so will relevant. care about the Jonas Brothers anymore. <laughs> that's what he's saying. That's amazing. Such he's like a hater. the dog. That's a week. How dare you, Brendan? The Jonas Brothers are forever. <laughs> so the next one would be your favorite Disney movie. Oh, another tough question. Um, I It's definitely going to go between Aladdin and The Lion King for me with a very strong pull for like Oliver and Company. Mm. Like I love Oliver and Company deeply. Um, it's it. I don't think it can be counted as a favorite, but there's like such a deep love of that movie in my heart. But it's definitely going to be a Lion or a uh, Lion King or Aladdin because those were when like I was a little old. Uh, well, maybe not older, but like when I was coming back from being like a little little kid and starting to love Disney again. Um, so definitely those for sure. A tie. Yeah. Great choices. <laughs> yeah. Next one, another doozy, your favorite Disney song. Oh, not a doozy. Easy. Let's get down to business. That's yes. my favorite. Always. Forever. That's, Are I you agree. karate chopping? Yes, I just did. <laughs> you can't, I literally, you I can't do it without the karate chop. <laughs> who, who among us could? You have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah no that one one hands down I, I break out into it all the time if i hear it on i freak out it's my number one favorite song of all time uh, a disney song of all time right answer again <laughs> yeah there's no other answer <laughs> so the next one's your favorite disney quote Ooh, now that's a tough one huh let's it, see it doesn't have to be from walt it can be from any movie or anything too um, I, I think this, I'll tell you the first thing that came to mind. I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> oh, get ready. Here it is. Okay. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know that that's my favorite, but I say that all the time for in every context of my life. I think it's the most applicable quote to my life. 
if I if something happens, I'm like, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So I think that would be uh, I'm going to say that one just because it's funny. And it's probably just the most applicable quote of my whole life. Let so, the record, I don't know if it's my favorite. But let the record that. show that that's your favorite needs to be put on your tombstone. <laughs> it, 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 I'm, I would be fine with that. That'd be the best <laughs> tombstone ever. <laughs> So our very last question of the Fast Pass round is your favorite Disney parks memory. Parks memory. Who? Um That's a that's a really tough one. I will say in recent years because I've gone so much. It's funny when I was just going when my uncle got me in, it was like once a month or like very every 6 weeks. So each one was like very very the outfit was memorable. I knew what ears I had worn. Like I could tell when it was based on the photo. And now I've gone so often. I'm like, it, it must be Tuesday because I'm back at Disney. Like, you know, like I, they're all running together. But I will say in recent memory is just going to Disneyland Paris by myself. Um, there's something about just doing something for you with nobody else, no expectations. I didn't, nobody was there at the time I was there. I wasn't meeting up with anyone. I didn't even have cell service, so I couldn't share it in the moment. I had to wait and share it back when I got in my hotel. So it was literally just for me. I was unplugged and I just, I was just fully keyed into everything I was doing. And I, I, that's probably my favorite in recent, um, memory just because it fully was purely for myself with, with no other purpose than to bring myself enjoyment and celebrate. And it was, I went on new year's day, 2018. And it was, uh, I don't know. It was like amazing. Mm, That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So I will say that one. Do they do like fireworks or anything for new year's or is that just us? They, they do them for new year's Eve. Um, I had gone to the Arc de Triomphe for new year's Eve and done like the big fireworks show in Paris, Mm -hmm. but they did have, I mean, they did have fireworks shows, but they still had their Christmas shows. So I got to see their Christmas shows on new year's day. So I don't know if they do anything different. I, I've only ever seen what they did on new year's day. So I don't know how it's different, but it was having gone from the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and all of that on New Year's Eve to Paris and Disneyland Paris for New Year's Day. I was like, this could be my life forever. <laughs> and I don't care. And it was amazing. And I just was, I felt like so just content and happy and like celebratory and looking forward to the new year. And like, it was, uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Now I would, I'll say that. Let's book that for 2020, Catherine. Let's do that same trip. You Except should. for we're already going to watch the Preds play. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're going to a hockey game. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so our very last question that we have for you, and it's something we asked all of our guests, is if you have a piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to become either a Disney content creator or put up an Etsy store and start making their own products, what would be your piece of guidance or advice to that person? So I'm actually in the process of starting an Etsy shop. So this is something that's like very um, uh, applicable in my life um, mm-hmm. because I've I've been like trying to figure out this whole um, sh- small shop world because I I have my own like lane for that and my own ideas and it doesn't really fit into a mold. So I would say um, I I would say number one like if you build it they really will come as cliche as that is like if you build it and you love it first and foremost, at least one person will love it. And that means something no matter what that just does. And your love of your own thing is what is attractive to other people to want to buy into that, to want to celebrate you, to want to support you and to want to eventually purchase what you make or, or listen to what you do or read what you write. So I think, um, uh, for anything, especially in the Disney world, because look at who, who are all the, the footsteps of the man that we're all following after is Walt and the, and the, like the trail he really blazed that was so different and so for right for good or for bad because there's a lot of angles of the Walt uh, history book that are not great for everybody so you you might not be liked by everyone that's a hard pill to take too but I think that if you can love what you do and believe in it then other people will see that and get on board with that whether it's starting an Etsy shop or whatever and the Disney community is the Disney brand itself is supposed to be about you know, be yourself and love yourself and creativity and all of that. So, so bring your, bring it all, like bring everything you have to the table and don't hold anything back because 
it's all it's all valuable and the world is going to try to put you in boxes and no one belongs in one so bring it all absolutely yeah i can't even add anything to that because that was i, <laughs> that was I love perfect. yeah i love that i think that's <laughs> Great advice for anybody who's looking to jump in to this community or grow within the community. I think I think that's wonderful. I also think that there's I think it's tough to think that like there's space for more, but there is. There's never not enough space for new voices. So like don't be afraid to try to be what's you know, that there isn't enough space. There definitely, definitely is. Yeah. So get in there. Get in here, you guys. (laughs) Get over here. The water's warm. (laughs) Water's fine. Get in here. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lizzie, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, last thing, can you tell our listeners where they connect? They can connect with you. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Wonderful Thing About Lizzie, on Twitter at twt about Lizzie, because the Wonderful Thing About Lizzie was too long for Twitter. <laughs> and then um, I have a blog or uh, a website at the, the Wonderful Thing About Lizzie as well. And then I think I changed my YouTube to the wonderful thing about Lizzie, but if not, then it's probably still nerd in the city. I should probably do that. Um, <laughs> and then I'm still working on the name of my, um, my shop. So that's, uh, not, I don't know what it's going to be called yet, but soon you'll be able to find me on either Etsy or Shopify. I'm not sure which one, but that's going to be a new endeavor for me. And then you can find uh, my podcast enchanted chatter over on the random chatter network on randomchatter.com. Perfect. Yep. yep, we'll put all those show links or all the links to that in our show notes as well for anybody interested. So Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us. To our listeners, we highly, you know, we'd love for you to come and listen to our interview over on the Enchanted Chatter. Um, so yeah, thank you again for joining us. We had a blast chatting with you. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are the best. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.